All right, back. Real fast turnaround this week on Inappropriate Earl. Uh, this week we've had two episodes already. The great uh, Pat Barker, Philly's favorite son, burning up the charts. Uh, Mike Faberman and his manager, Julio in Space, uh, started the week off. And now we have Philadelphia's favorite sister, uh, daughter, whatever the phrase is. Uh, no, it's not my ex-girlfriend, Gail who hailed from the great city of Doylestown, PA. But, uh, and when I, you know, uh, the comedy scene in Doylestown's bad when I'm headlining Poco's Comedy Cabaret. Oh. Brutal. Uh, it was a gay bar downstairs. Of course, I'd find the only gay bar in Doylestown to perform at. Uh, it's not Gail. It's not Gail's brother, Jim. It's Nicole Yates. Put your hands together and speak yes yes what's up nicole uh you know just uh here doing a little comedy doing a little cat sitting you know two birds one stone now people want to know why do people come to l it's your eventual uh i would say goal is to come out here to do be a comic yeah yeah it is it is definitely why here not new york uh i hate new york uh no offense to new york people uh, I do not like New York uh, at all. But it's uh, New York, I think, is generally hailed as the best comedy city because uh, of the, uh, you know, you can literally do a couple paid spots a night. You know, whereas in L.A., uh, trust me, I know, uh, you might be lucky if you get two paid spots a week. Um. Yeah, that's that's true. Um but it, it it really who who's getting those paid spots and how many paid spots are there and everybody and their grandma in New York thinks that they're a comic so you know even if you're trying to like work out some material you know they charge you for mics out there and uh well here they do bringer shows which is basically charging you yeah well they do they do bringers out there too in um, uh New York or Philly in New York Philly oh. Philly is not a bringer town we don't we don't really do that. Helium has a contest every year. They give you 10 tickets. You can give them away or you can burn them in your backyard. They don't give a fuck. But the first round is audience vote. Uh, so it, it does help to stack the deck. It does help, but they're not saying you can't perform if you don't bring, right. you know, 16 people or whatever. You know, you could bring nobody. And I've seen people bring like like sell no tickets or give away no tickets or nothing. And, and win. And, and, and well, and they won't win, but they advance right. if they're good. If they're good, you just, you have to be good. Now, is the goal in uh, the Philly comedy scene to, not that Philly's a bad place to live or do comedy at, mm-hmm. but it's like, let's get good enough and then go to New York or LA um, for the most part. For the most part, because I mean, Philly is a big town and it does have a pretty booming comedy scene. Because uh, you got but, helium. Yeah. And they just open a punchline. And then you've got, if you go into the... Uh, the outskirts, like a Doyle's town, there's comedy clubs. Oh, yeah. Well, the, that Poco's that you were at, that's part of the comedy cabaret empire, which is kind of, eh. Um, but, I mean, it's a room. It's certainly not helium. No, it, it's a room. It's a room. Uh, the, uh, Andy doesn't really book girls, so that's that's kind of off the table for me. Um, Wait, I mean, uh, I mean, I've only played there a few times. I mean, yeah, uh, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's Doylestown, so, you know. Seem to book a lot of, like, hackier type of road, leatherneck, you know. Yes. 
comics who, you know, just kind of not given up necessarily, but just, you know, I'm happy to be here. Right. Exactly. You know, oh, but they're not happy. Right. Just great to be here. And then they're, you know, punching themselves in the car. Uh, I just remember the host. I have no credits virtually. And the guy is like huge black guy. He was like a Philly not legend, but like I guess he's well known in the Philly circuit. Oh, was that Coleman Green? He's a big black, big, dude. big, big, yeah. big dude, like yeah. rerun big, but tall. Yeah, uh huh. Cool guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But he, he was like, "What do you want me to say about you?" I'm like, "It's just Earl Skakel, Skakel." Uh, and you know, I've been in the movie Bench Warmers, and uh, at that time, that was about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he brings me up as like uh, Eric Skankler. <laughs> And he was in Deuce Bigelow. Like, I've got two, you had two things. So, uh, yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, I could understand (laughs) if I gave him like 25 credits, he messes up one, but. Right, right. You know. Yeah, my usually when people ask me, you know, what do you want me to say? And I'm like, if if I'm really far away, like if I'm here, I'm just like, just say I'm from Philly. And if I'm in or like outside of Philly, like North Jersey or something, I'm like, oh, you could say I have a food blog and a podcast called Did You Eat? And I did a show up up around like uh, the Meadowlands, up around that area. And the guy was like, what do you want me to say? And I told him that. And he goes, this is Nicole Yates. So she's a podcast called What's for Dinner. I'm like, that's not even close. That's not even close. That's like not like, you know, like not even close. I, I don't know what the fuck. Well, I mean, uh, the host is, uh, I find it should be the funniest guy or girl uh, mm-hmm. on the lineup because it's you know it's key role in the show Dude, know? it's their job to wake up the audience get the audience rolling and ready for all the rest of the comics that are coming up if, if you have a if you have a host that is just like giving up on life you know like what what's that what's that do for you you're coming out and the, you know the audience is just like this and i don't know maybe that's just me well no i mean that's why fraser smith is like uh, is Frazier known in, to Philly comics? I I don't. Okay, know. no, he's like a legendary LA radio guy. Like oh. he, he was essentially uh, Howard Stern out here uh-huh. in the eighties, and uh, you know he's like the perfect host because he's, he's silly, and you know he's in his fifties, I think now, and uh, he is like the host that was made in the universal soldier robot lab like <laughs> this is how every host should be like funny enough to get the room going but he's not gonna you know drain him drain him and and he's like he's the perfect host that's awesome so uh but i don't want to besmirge any philadelphia doylestown area <laughs> host um yeah i mean i mean the helium has like a handful of hosts and uh, the punchline just opened, so I think they're just getting together all the the people that they're they're gonna have hosting. Uh, it'll probably be some of the people from Helium. I mean, it's a big scene, but it's not that big, right? Um, and uh, a lot of Philadelphia comics are out here. Pat right. Barker, mm-hmm. I think, uh, did a show uh, last night with mm-hmm. uh, oh, with Blake Wexler. Yeah, he was great. Like, I, I don't bond with people right away, especially in comedy. It's just. As soon as I saw him, I was like, this guy's funny, man. Oh, Blake, Blake's a riot. You know, he started when he was 17. You could tell. Yeah. He's got the chops. Yeah. Uh, and he's really, uh, he'll fit in well in the LA comedy scene. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, he's um he's on the Todd Glass podcast. He's friends with Todd Glass. Okay, you could tell. Like, yeah. He's definitely, uh, you know, LA uh, comedy scene is so big. And there's so many uh, variables that uh, it's hard to fit in. 
Yeah, I, I remember Pat was telling me like uh, he, him and Tiff were here for a while and he was just kind of going to Mike's and driving Uber and not, he wasn't really having that great of a time. He was telling me he wasn't, wasn't really liking it. And then he got involved with you guys with the, um, with the roast roast battle. battle. And he, he was like, I felt like I found my, my group. He's like, and it's, and he's like, and there's so many different groups. He's like, I was starting to kind of give up and you know, he's now, he's one of you guys. Well, I mean, roast battle is, uh, it's not for everyone. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, takes a special breed, a person to do it. It's, it's like Jeff Ross says, if you're thin skinned, get the fuck out. That is a true story. That is a, that is definitely, that is definitely a true story. And, you know, I was standing in the back. Uh, the first time I saw it, I had a seat like in the middle kind of, but then I was, I was standing in the back and there were, there were a couple of people in the back who looked like they did not want to be there, that somebody had drugged them there and they were like, mm, it's a very aggressive show. It's, uh, you know, like the comedy central roast and the Dean Martin roast, or, you know, you're paying tribute right. to, you know, like comedy central. I think their next roast is Rob Lowe. So oh, he, really? Yeah. Nice. So even though everyone's going to give him a tremendous amount of shit for his bad movies and sex tape, his sex tape and his TV <laughs> shows that are kind of hit or miss, they love him uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, roast battle is not necessarily a tribute to the other person. You're trying to take them down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, but Moses makes you hug at the end. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's sh- I mean, you know, it, it shouldn't be personal, but. You know, it is at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's like if you and I are battling, I'm trying to unnerve you and you're trying to unnerve me and, right. you know, you want to win. So uh, it's it's a little less tribute and more competitive roasting. Yeah. Yeah. What what I love about the roast battle is that, like, it's not just that, you know, I mean, you start out with like, you know, the stand-ups come out and they do, do a bunch of stuff and then you have the undercards. But then, you know, they're, they, you're at the haters table and the wave, love the wave. You know, I mean, they really outdid themselves last night. Yeah, I had and, to turn uh, away in the Bukaki scene. <laughs> so, yeah. I live in West Hollywood. I see that shit every night. So <laughs> It's like I'm PTSD in, for you. Eh? Oh, yeah, I don't need to see fake Bukaki scenes when <laughs> I'm the only straight guy in my building. Sure, they could have uh, taken a GoPro into any unit in my building. <laughs> well, you fit in, though. You're tall and thin, so, you know. I mean, you know, I, I'm like the mascot of my building. I'm like, all right, he's not one of us, but he's cool. You know, he's not homophobic. <laughs> you know, I mean, I. it's not like I consider myself so good looking that every gay guy wants to fuck me. So, there you go. You know, I think if you... Because uh, I, I think a lot of homophobic people have that attitude like every gay guy wants me like no they don't right or girl if you're you know right a straight female and you know it's not like every lesbian wants to lick your pussy or whatever (laughs) lesbians do yeah so So, we certainly got off uh (laughs) off a roast battle real fast but it's uh would you ever do it yeah i would totally do it absolutely Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, I, people, I mean, I got picked on, like, you know, I, people have called me all kinds of names growing up. Like, like that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. So I, you know, like, I, what do they call it? I mean, what do they pick on you for? Oh, when I was, when I was like, when I was a kid, like, you know, cause I was like fat and my parents were divorced and you know, all that kind of shit. That would be addressed in roast battle. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you own it though, you yeah. know, and, and like it's, uh, Hey, that- my dad's dead too. That's a good one. Uh, how did he die? If you don't mind me asking, my <laughs> parents both passed away, so I, I'm, you know, I get it. 
he uh, had a heart attack when he was roller skating at a birthday party. Well, I mean, that's not funny, but it No, would, that's fantastic. It what would be uh, for roast. And your mom is still alive? Yeah. Uh-huh. Has she ever been raped or anything? No. That's too bad because yeah. that would have been a good uh, topic. To, and I mean, it's good, but like, yeah. you know, roast battle, there's been uh, AIDS jokes. There's been rape jokes. Sure. There's been miscarriage jokes. There's been uh, cancer jokes. Uh, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see after Montreal uh, when it airs the reaction to it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was talking with Barker about it and like, I feel, especially after the events of the last couple of days, oh, you know, uh, lay low on the shooting jokes. Yeah. Right. Um, it, 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 I mean, obviously they, they would show it after, after midnight, you know, when they try and do their uncensored stuff, they better. Um, but it, it, people will either love it or there's just going to be like a rain of shit. <laughs> so, I think both. I, yeah. I don't think, um, you know, uh, I mean, in Montreal, there's 16 of the top roasters in the world because I think there'll be Canadian comics. I, I know last year Tom Ballard from Australia was there, and he was wow. he was a killer. Uh, Jimmy Carr from the UK. Uh, really? Yeah, he's he's he won it. Uh, Matt Broussard almost beat him. Uh, uh, some thought Tom Ballard beat Jimmy in there uh, earlier. Uh, so it's it's really uh and any of the 16 people c can can win i mean i don't know exactly uh who they are but uh i know some of the names being uh bandied about and it's like wow anyone could win wow you know, it's kind of like the top 10 in la yeah number 10 could beat one two could beat eight i mean it's uh you, you know it's the uh the talent pool of roasters in LA is like, it's probably 30 deep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so. but especially like that, the top 10 though, are just like completely nuts. And I wasn't sure who was battling last night, but I knew for, for like the, you know, the main event that it was going to be good. And, uh, and it was, I mean, Leah and Dan are just, uh, I mean, they're two of the best ones. And, uh, Leah scares me the most because she's, <laughs> you know, she's pretty. She's, but she's got like, She's a girl, but she's got the almost the mean spirit yeah, yeah, of a mean. dude. Uh huh. Uh, and no topic is left untouched with her. Like a, one of her jokes about Dan's lazy eye was something to the effect of, "I don't know if your eye's lazy or it just doesn't want to look at you." <laughs> it's like that's crazy. Like that's although, a great joke. Although Dan, that that Ottoman Empire joke the, that he did last night was good though too oh yeah dan's yeah. uh great uh they're both very uh they write like the most clever mean spirit to jokes you can write and it, but the, there's so many different styles of uh roasting like doug fager who's uh, just outside of the top 10 but he should be top five uh, -huh. uh his rebuttals are just like he his, i think his brother committed suicide so there's always going to be a dead brother joke with him. And he just just destroys uh, people with his rebuttals. And then uh, you have people like myself who just do quick. My jokes are really, they're not even a sentence. They're like four words. So yeah. there's all kinds of. Um, all kinds of style of roast. Yeah, there's mean-spirited. There's silly. Uh, you know, Olivia Grace is one of the uh, great battlers. Pat Barker is, uh, you know, amazing. Keith Carey, you know, there's so many. Hooper. Hooper's the champ. 
And uh, he's kind of like, you would think he's easy to roast because of how he, you know, he's kind of an unusual looking dude. Yeah. You know, with the hair and the, you know, the dry skin and all that stuff. But he knows that's coming. So it's like, what else you got? You know, I I was uh I I was at a thing last night where he was at, and uh, I said, uh, so when are you gonna battle Barker? Because that would be a great. That'd be battle. epic. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I usually let Brian pick my pick my people, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, some people are aggressive in uh, you know, their pursuit of battles. I mean, like myself, I don't battle unless someone asks me to. Yeah. So, and if no one asks me to, I'll, I'll I'll never battle again. Wow. Uh, but there's other people in the top ten and 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 top thirty, I guess you'd say, is like I want to battle the, the Connor next. I want to battle Kim Congdon next. And uh, I mean, that's the uh, next week's battle: Kim Congdon against Connor. And that's that's going to be a good one. Wow. Because uh, Connor's like this normal looking white dude, super funny you know, doesn't care what you say about him. I think he's been molested and all that. He's like, I have been molested. What else? Big deal. What What do you got? You wow. still have that face. Uh, and Kim's like very much like Leah, like, you know, very pretty, but like got the, the mean spiritedness of an old dude. Like, okay, I'm a whore. Great. <laughs> Next. But, yeah. These people are fucking me, you know, and just like, what do you say to that? Uh, 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 You know, like those are the toughest, like when people really own, like if you're fat, bald, gay, uh, girlfriend just cheated on you, you know, and you just, yeah, I mean, if you have a big head, uh, if you're, you know, you just got to own it. Yeah, I mean that 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 makes the most sense. It's just like uh, trying to take it on the on the schoolyard. Yeah, I mean it's a much higher form of uh, Yo Mama, which uh, you know lasted six seasons, which is crazy to me. That's so, right, I forgot about that. And uh, one of the great battlers uh, of today, the great George Perez, won the first season of Yo Mama, <laughs> and he's great because he's almost like an improv roaster. Ooh. Like he could come in this room right now and roast you. Like he, he wouldn't even have to know your name. Oh, wow. He would just look at you and go, okay, we're going to do a visual joke about this. We're gonna, she looks uh, like this, right. you know, and it's it's really, uh, he, he gave Sarah Tiana all she could handle. Wow. Uh, but so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a great show. So July 24th, people, Comedy Central. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they were shooting some stuff at the at the show the other night. Yeah, I mean, they're it's a big show, and it's like a Dodge commercial that's going to be roast battle related. Uh, <laughs> and then we we did uh, several commercials for it uh, a couple days later. So they're really uh, this might be the next uh, you know big show for Comedy Central. Hopefully, that's cool. Yeah, they haven't had a real like game changer in a while no i mean i think you know it seems to be a two-horse race with them and netflix in terms of comedy uh shows and comedy specials and uh you know netflix i think is known more for uh their uh kind of free-spiritedness uh you know do whatever you want yeah and i think uh comedy central's gonna uh hopefully use roast battle to go well we can do that too and we can do it better than netflix Yeah, I mean, I mean, have you have you seen Lady Dynamite? My God! Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, well, I mean, I was watching Tosh the other day, and they like 
it was a little more edgier than I remembered it being. Uh, That's and, still on? Uh, yeah. But I think they have like a whole new late night programming on Comedy Central. I don't watch a lot of uh, comedy TV because I want to do it. Right. It's I don't know about you, but like it's hard for me to watch mm -hmm. comedy because I, I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I love supporting my friends. Right. But, you know. No, I, I know what you mean. I Because I have Netflix and uh, they have a lot of stand-up specials. And I kind of don't want to watch them. Like, I, I watched some of them, but not all of them. One, because, like, you know, you watch too much, and then all you never know when you're going to pick something up and right. recycle it, not realizing that you're doing it. And two, like, I again, yeah, you just want to be out doing it. And when I watch stuff like that, I just want to, like, go out and hit a mic or something. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch, uh, like, I watch Theo Vaughn's, because, mm -hmm. you know, we're buds, and... Uh, Tom Segura's and uh, Tony Hinchcliffe's, you know, I just, you know, because ultimately I want to get on Comedy Central and, you know, Netflix or whatever. And OK, what what jokes are getting these guys on and, right. or how they structure like, you know, because uh, I'm a very unstructured comic on stage. So yeah. I'm assuming you can't really be like that on TV. You know, you have to have to tell this chunk here. Yeah, Follow with that, I'm, that's what I'm the worst at. So, uh, like, what's your uh, comedy style? Um, I have like chunks, but I do like to sort of throw in things here and there. You know, I'll, I'll take like a like a Twitter thing that I've that that I might have posted and sort of plump that up a little bit and throw that in the middle. You know, I I I, I don't particularly stick to any any certain topic you know uh some people are like oh i only talk about like work right. it's kind of boxing yourself in you know so i i i do so many different things that it just kind of makes it easier to just talk a little bit about all kinds of like i do i do like a piece about work but it's less about work and more just about like these dipshit young kids that i work with that have no life experience and try to tell me about life. Right. You know, like, let me tell you, let me tell you about, uh, buttons. You know, I actually had a kid talk to me for 20 minutes about buttons once. I was like, it, but why are you here? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, now, where do you work? Like, like I do, I do shitty corporate graphic design for a global insurance brokerage company. And then comedy at night. I do comedy at night. Yeah. Um, what, like, did you, who are your comedy, uh, mentors? Like, did you, like when I was a kid, I kind of maybe mentors the wrong word. I kind of glommed onto Archie Bunker. Like I like not that he's a comic, but like I enjoyed how he would uh, just his delivery of saying some really awful things, but in such a stupid way that right you didn't think of him as racist. It was like oh, he's just a buffoon. Right. Um, so I was born in seventy five, so that was an interesting time to to be. To, like like to be alive right. and uh my parents kind of just sort of let me do whatever i felt like doing so i watched uh, a lot a lot of tv a lot of tv so uh i you know robin williams was on tv pretty much as soon as i was alive like he right. just started popping up everywhere and uh you know my <laughs> i remember when i was a kid my mom made me uh go to dance class and it was always on monday nights and I used to make me angry that she kept signing me up for it because I wanted to watch Mark and Mindy because I was just so enamored with what the fuck he was doing. Right. I mean, it was amazing what he was doing. Uh, you know, nobody had really done that at that time on TV. 
and uh i mean coke fueled yeah but you know you don't know yeah. that when you're five yeah, <laughs> and, uh, so good um and I used to like drag her out, out because, you know, our parents are after, you know, they're chit chatty and like trying to get an old lady out of a house. It's like impossible. So, uh, you know, there was that. And then, uh, when we, uh, when we got, we got our first VCR when I was like six or seven, it, it was one of those pop-up dealies. Remember the, the kind with the, the, they popped the Betamax? up. Betamax? Well, it was, it was a VHS, but it like popped up. Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh, I do actually. I, I have one, uh, in that, uh. My entertainment console. Oh, well, there you go. So then you know with the wired remote, you know? Yes. And uh, um, uh, my dad got a bunch of videotapes with a bunch of, you used to be able to put like three, well, you, I see you have like, he has this giant, for people who, who are at home, he has this, uh, one of those old spinny VHS collector dealies. Yes, filled with hockey fight tapes. Oh, cool. And uh, kiss videos that I used to tape. But now you have YouTube, you can... Oh, yeah. Look up a high-def video of this. So they're they're obsolete now. Yeah, but it's still kind of cool that you have them. Well, you used to be able to put, remember, you put like three movies on one VHS tape. Oh, yeah. So my dad got a bunch of tapes from his buddy, and uh, one of them had um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the MASH movie, and George Carlin at Carnegie Hall. Okay. And I just watched it on a loop. Right. Um, because my parents didn't really pay that much attention to me. So, uh, Carlin, 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 especially Carlin and Carnegie Hall. Oh, he's a legend. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I had this thing for, <laughs> I had this thing for Bob Hope when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I love Bob Hope. Um, anytime that he had, he, he used to have those specials on TV. Because we didn't have Philly wasn't wired for cable until like eighty five. Thank you, Comcast. Oh, Ed God. Snyder. Uh, Seriously, those flyers were operating. Well, he's dead now, but well, yeah. Um. So yeah, so you couldn't, you know, you, there there was no cable until then. So any, and if you wanted to watch comedy, it was like late night TV, or if if there was like a like a special, and he really was the only one that did specials at that point with just stand up. And uh, I I. And this sounds so stupid to say out loud, but I used to tell my mom when I was like seven, I was like, I want to, that's, I want to be a stand-up comic when I grow up. Uh, I still haven't grown up, but I still want to be a comic. Right. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, George Carlin's a good guy to have as a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Shanling. Oh, he's, was well, great. Yeah. Shanling was amazing. Uh, I used to, <laughs> my friend Melissa, she had cable. Her her dad would either get a, get cable or VCR, but not both. So right. they decided to get cable, and uh, I would always end up somehow finding a way to get to her house to watch it's Gary Shandling show. Well, he was great because that was that was that was Showtime, right? It was that Showtime or HBO? Um, uh, I thought it was HBO. Yeah, oh, it might be. Uh, or uh, Larry Sanders show, maybe I'm. Uh... Larry Sanders was definitely HBO. You might be right then. It, it could have been on Showtime. But either way, right? it was like, you know, because the way that they kind of deconstructed the whole sitcom thing and just his dry, smart sense of humor, like, yeah. was awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Do you like anyone currently, like Amy Schumer? Or- um, I like, you know what's funny about Amy Schumer? Like, I like Amy Schumer. Uh, I, I and, and I find it interesting what's happening with women in comedy like uh, my a friend of mine runs a show in South Philly. Uh, it's, it's called Funny Females at Ray's Happy Birthday Bar, and uh, it, it. I was on the show once. It was like six of us. I was the only one on the bill that like didn't talk about like you know I fucked this guy or you know Amy Schumer esque, which I found interesting. Like that's a like she sparked this like trend of 
more of, of not that I have a problem with that, but I just find it interesting that that's like the trend now. Right. You right. Um, yeah. But cause I don't, I don't really do that. And, and I get a little worried sometimes that like, that's, that's a thing. I mean, uh, Hey, it's working for her. I know. mean for her. Yeah, absolutely. And more power to her, you know, make that money. Um, but when like I'm on a show and there's like six of us and I'm the only one like that isn't like talking about the last guy that I fucked. It's just weird. Right. Why don't you talk about the last guy you fucked? It's not your style. Yeah. I mean, not that I have a problem with that, but I just, I don't know. What is the, if you had to compare yourself to any comic male or female in terms of style, Oh. who would you? Uh, hmm. Like, do you like sport? Do you talk about sports or like? Uh, yeah, I talk a little bit about sports. I mean, I close with this like porno bit uh, that I do. It's more like this act out thing that I do at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know really. I, I people asked me that before, and that always kind of, kind of stumps me, which isn't helping, I guess. No, no. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I. I People ask me that question all the time. And the only name I really ever come up with is Stephen Wright. Just okay. because of our, you know, sl- monotone, slower, you know, speech type stuff. Little Mitch Hedbergy. Uh oh, I wish I was that clever. But yeah, a little bit in terms of the uh I, I've never done a drug in my life, but I think I give off a stoner vibe. Uh yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but most people are. Most people don't believe me. I uh, never had a drink or drug, but I don't hate on people who do. You right, know. right. Certainly we've, you know, in the world of stand-up comedy, uh, it's, we're, allow- we're around uh, a lot of a lot. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I know a lot of people have dropped out of comedy because they just can't deal with being around so much like booze and whatnot. I mean, Coke, We. I mean, I've inhaled probably so much weed secondhand. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's, uh, you know, I feel like I probably should say I do smoke weed because I'm around it so much. Well, I mean, just be it in L.A., it's like every time I turn around, I smell weed. There's well, weed everywhere in this town. Well, especially in West Hollywood because it's, uh, you know, there's probably 20 dispensaries with literally within one mile of here. And uh, it's not necessarily a legal uh, thing to smoke it on the street here, but I think the cops look the other way. Right, right. Because a lot of people take it for uh, various illnesses. Right. And uh, one, illnesses. In, yeah. one in particular. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, did a, I did a show at Rafa's. Oh, the, uh, the Los Feliz, Silver Lake. Yeah. Rafa's Lounge, legendary, uh, almost like an alt room, you'd yeah. call it. Yeah, and, uh, and man, I... I am pretty, I never believed in, in, in contact high, but wow, I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I got a contact high. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I should, uh, get you the weed gig I did and uh, no, it was North Hollywood where it's, uh, it's a dispensary and there's like a, not a bar, but a, uh, lounge area in the back where they have a comedy show and people are smoking wax. And it gets in your, I got such a severe contact high because the, the wax, like you, it gets in your throat. Like it, it, like wax. Well, I don't know the, the the weed world from the standpoint of there's something called wax you smoke. And like I, once it's in the air and if it goes in your throat, it like 
forms like little not ice crystals, but like it it dries up in your throat. And that like, doesn't sound good. I mean, it gets you high. I mean, uh, well, so does huff and spray paint. But like, I mean, well, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. Little balls of wax in my lungs doesn't really. And I have I have smoked a lot of pot. I mean, I've like I I have smoked all of the weed, all. All of the weed. We used to have this big, when I lived in Fishtown, we used to have this big glass bong that like, you know, and my roommate used to joke that I would suck on that thing like a big glass dick. Like, I mean, I was always doing bong hits and like that, you know, you got to stop some at some point. <laughs> now I found, uh, I think Philly has a reputation as being uh, possibly a racist city. Uh, well, uh, well, the East Coast is racist because... They're the East Coast, and they're angry, and, you know, it's the East Coast. But within the first two hours of my first visit ever to Doylestown. Oh, <laughs> Doylestown, uh, yeah. My, I don't think black people are allowed in Doylestown. Well, my girlfriend at the time took me to a bar where the big deal was Pink worked there. Mm -hmm. uh, in Bucks County, I think. It's called the Ambler, or the Abbey. It's not the Abbey, but so, something with an A and. uh uh -huh. They had the Phillies game on. So I sit down at the bar uh, and Ryan Howard walks up to the plate. Guy next to me, who I've literally not even looked at yet, nudges me and goes, great, the blank Babe Ruth is up. I'm like, what? Wow. Like, let's just say the word he used rhymes with bigger. Wow. And I'm like, okay. And then I went to the gym a couple hours later, guy's closing up. He's like, hey, I'm from L.A. Can I just get a quick one in? He's like, yeah, well, I'm doing paperwork. You Cool. He locks the door. He's like, so you're from L.A., right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, a lot of there, huh? Wow. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, sir. Uh, I didn't know. I was so like, yeah. I've literally been in Doylestown, Philly area for four hours and right. I had already heard the N word twice, hard ER word. I'm like, Woo. this is crazy. Um, here's the deal with Philly. Uh, where you were is where people move when they want to get out of the city. Okay. And they move. That's like way far out. Like to, to get out of the city. I think it's like an, I, I would say it's always seemed like the ride was about an hour. Yeah. It's about an hour away. Um, and they feel more relaxed about their racism out there because they're surrounded by their own people. I get you. Um, that's fucked up. That like, I mean, I'm I've I've only I've had that happen to me before. Uh, not a lot. Um, and it's weird. Um, it in Philly, it's Philly. Philly's an old school town. I mean, there was riots in Philly in the in the Columbia Avenue riots, and I want to say that was in the fifties. Race related, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it was because the cops were dicks, and oh my you know, god, I mean, it's, you know, they're still dicks. They're still dicks. Um, so, but there's there's also a lot of Philly used to be a lot more segregated than it is than it is now. Um, and you could say that I think about like a lot of like what I like to call like the original cities like Boston, right? And and uh, in New York, uh, well, New York is its own weird animal, but like Boston and Philly, Baltimore. Um, well, of course, Baltimore was where The Wire was uh, filmed with a great HBO show. Yeah, 
And uh, well, Boston's not exactly known for their uh, harmony uh, views of uh, races. No, I have to say that Boston is another city that, uh, yeah, they they are loud and proud about their racism up there, which is is kind of scary. I mean, we have it in Philly, and people feel certain ways, but I think that they kind of. I guess if you want to put it a certain way, they keep it more to themselves, I guess, than like, you know, any Yo, other. yeah. I but mean, I mean, but when I went to, I went to great, I went to Catholic school for nine years. Me and, too. And, uh, you know, I went to school with all kinds of kids, you know, and, uh, you know, black kids, white kids, Asian kids, whatever. And I think that, you know, it, that was great because when I changed, when my parents split up and then we moved, it was like an all white neighborhood. And that, that, that I think that's, that's when you run into like some weird issues. Right. Like what? Like what? What are the weird issues? You know, the little white kids that have never like dealt with anything in their lives. They, you know, they've, they don't have any friends that are any other color except for them. Right. You know, and then you start to fear what you've never seen and never dealt with. And, I mean, I was just shocked, like, when I went to a Flyers game for the first time, and uh, I think, uh, what team was it? It was, uh, I think it was, uh, they were playing the Canadians, and... Uh, they were yelling at Subban? No, they were at uh, George LaRock at the time. Uh, George LaRock, a massive black dude who played on the Canadians for a little bit. Uh, he, best fighter in the league. And uh, uh, let's just say uh, the people behind me were... Uh, Colorful? Instructing the flyer fighter to fight that person. Yeah. And I was like, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is crazy. Like, and I'll, and I'll tell you that those people were probably from the suburbs or Jersey. <laughs> whenever, whenever you see this is a, I this makes me so fucking mad. Whenever you see on TV, and ESPN has a real hard on to go after people from Philly. Um, if you ever see on TV something happen at a Phillies game right. or Eagles game or whatever, there is a 99% chance that that person is from uh, Delaware County, which is the suburbs, right? or Jersey. Like, uh, did you hear about the guy who threw up on the little girl at the Phillies game a couple years back? No. He's a big fat guy. And he was like really drunk and just belligerent and stuff. And like, finally that there was a couple with like a kid and they were finally just like, yo dude, can you turn it down? He turned around and he threw up on the girl, little, little kid. Right. And uh, it was all over the news and stuff. ESPN like ran with it. And, um, turns out the guy wasn't from the, and Oh, Phillies, the Philly, you know, Philly fans, Philly people from Philly guy was from fucking Jersey. You know, we had a streaker a couple of years ago, uh, from Delaware County, like it's it's they're always from outside of the city, but they all get lumped into you know Philly fans, which makes people who actually do live in Philly look really bad because right. those people move they they usually at some point they move out of the city, they're too good to live in Philly, and then they come back and act like animals, and then they leave again, but then we end up with the stigma, right? So you know that's bullshit. Um, it's kind of like what happened with uh, Bill Burr, you know, in that one oh, yeah. clip uh -huh. where, I mean, they just, I think, booed Dom Herrera off, who's like this legendary yeah. comic, like top 50 of all time. He was I just think. a helium a couple a couple months ago. Yeah, he's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, like. And he's like in his 70s. How do you boo a man like in his 70s? Yeah, and like Bill Burr just, I think that would have only happened in Philly. Yeah, probably. 
Um, and I don't think that those were Philly people. I think that those were like drunken Delco douchebags who were like, yo, we're going to go. Yo, we're going to get in the car and we're going to go down. We're going to go see Bill Burr down at the tower. Uh, but go right in because there's a, there's a lot of them black people hanging around outside there. So, uh, you know, make sure you uh, lock up your dad's Buick. And they probably wouldn't have said black people, I'm guessing. Well, you know, you use whatever word you think they might have seen. But, but like when me and Pat uh, were talking about, like, you know, Phillies, you know, and every sports team's fans you know, but, you know, kind of cheer sometimes when the player from the other team gets hurt, mm-hmm. you know, but then they kind of let up, you know, once they realize, oh, this guy's really hurt uh-huh. uh, or girl, if you're watching a WNBA game, <laughs> uh, which I don't know who does that, but, uh, but Philly seems to be the only one who, you know, after that initial, like, oh, their other, their best players hurt. They seem to be the only town that keeps sharing with the guy being hurt. Like Michael Irvin, when he got, uh, oh yeah, well her. you know, uh, Michael Irvin's kind of an asshole. Oh yeah, I mean, so you know, and he was, I think they they booed him when they saw that he was he was okay. Right. You know, like if somebody is like not moving and they are not moving, like obviously not moving, and they're, you know, wheeling them out on the gator or like in an ambulance off of the field, you know, there, there's not going to be any boos. But like he was, he was all right. He was fine. <laughs> I think my favorite one uh, is the Flyers were playing the Maple Leafs, and uh, this big fat Philly fan <laughs> was uh, giving Ty Domi shit, and Ty Domi was a legend, oh, yeah. legendary fighter. fighter. And uh, the guy was so fat, he was leaning against the penalty box glass, and the glass broke, and he <laughs> fell into the penalty box. And you just see Ty Domi just beating the shit out of the guy. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I don't think you'd see uh, that happen at Staples Center at a Kings game. No, no. You know, I, I went to two Dodger games this week, and the fans are so happy and mild. Well, you got to be careful at Dodger Stadium. There's a lot of gangbangers go there. And, uh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, – but it depends. Like, what team did you see play? Uh, well, I went with Barker and Tiff on Saturday. They played the Rockies. Okay. And then – I, I went by myself the other day, which is how I got this bitch in sunburn. Yeah, you got some fucking... Do you want some aloe for that shit? I'm good. I'm just, just sucking it up. But I have one leg that's red and one leg that isn't. I'm a fucking walking Polish flag. So, uh... Um, and they play the Orioles. Okay, I mean, it, it's more the Giants that you... Uh, it's a very... Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Bloods and Crips type of uh, vibe. Uh and I mean that that's where that one Giants fan got uh basically brain damage. Yeah. A couple of years ago. And uh I know there's been several uh, stabbings in the parking lot. That's uh, crazy. Because it's not the greatest neighborhood where Dodger Stadium is. Right. It's not the worst, but it's it's certainly not uh a neighborhood you'd want to be walking around in you know, at night. Right. Uh it's kinda like Staples Center out, out here. You know, it's not the greatest neighborhood. Yeah, you know, my friends live where I'm staying. They live a couple blocks from, from, Staples. Like, from Staples Center. And, like, they have, like, the secure parking. And, yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, the first time, like, I was like, oh, what? why do you got the secure parking? And I was like, oh, that's why you have the secure parking. Okay. Like, it's a, it's a weird, downtown is weird. Well, they're really trying to. I, I mean, they're trying, but it's still weird. It's probably not the best way to put it, but they're really trying to whiten it up. You know, because you, I mean, you know, I hate to, or like, I guess color might not have anything to do with it, but like 
they want people's money to go down there. Yeah. And, and certainly there's rich Hispanics, African Americans, so they want them. Hey, man, they build a Whole Foods. You build the Whole Foods and yeah. they will come. You build the Whole Foods <laughs> and a Earth Cafe, which is a very uh, hoity toity type of uh, hipster, like vegan restaurant. You're building those places. You want people with money. Yeah. Uh, but like just a couple blocks east of Staples Center is Skid Row. Right. Like the worst of the worst. Right. You know, uh, so it's kind of a catch-22, like wherever the Rams are going to be playing. Uh, oh, the Englewood. Uh, you know, Englewood's no picnic. Right. You know, because that's where the Kings and Lakers used to play at the Forum. Right. And uh, The fabulous Forum. Yeah, well, I, was, I had a lot of memories there, you know, just... You know, right before Gretzky came here, that's where the Kings played. And uh, it was uh, it's a great place to see concerts. It's kind of like the Spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard they, they like remodeled it. So now it's like a, like a concert venue specifically. Yeah, I mean, well, after uh, the Kings and uh, Lakers went to Staples, they, I think a church bought it and they had like, they, they didn't renovate it, but they had still had some shows there uh, and, and church services. And I, I know a lot of bands would, do their tour rehearsals there it's mm -hmm. a big it's a super big building probably small by today's standards but uh, uh and yeah they did re i went to a wwe event uh courtesy of sarah tiana nice thank you very much sarah i might be seeing you in montreal <laughs> but uh we'll leave that for another podcast uh and i was like wow i hadn't been in in years right I'm like wow this looks amazing you know it's like uh, do you follow? I feel he's a big wrestling uh, city. Do you follow wrestling at all? Um, I peripherally follow wrestling. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. That didn't sound good. I was <laughs> speaking into my hand. <laughs> my cousins are huge fucking wrestling fans. They're huge wrestling fans. So I kind of like follow it through them, and then like like peripherally. And uh, do you, um, a friend of mine is actually involved in uh, Chikara. You know Chikara wrestling. I don't. You should check it out. It's pretty cool. It's what like, is it? It's like it's wrestling, but they're they're more of like the the luchadors. Okay, I mean they have something out here like that called uh, Lucha Underground. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, they get uh, a fair amount of WWE guys who you know have been let go or just left. Like uh -huh. uh, um, one of my first roast battle opponents, the great John Morrison. Oh, there you go. Uh, who does like that weird exercise parkour? Like oh yeah, uh -huh. it, it's you climb like, stuff. Or you run up it. Yeah. yeah. You watch his YouTube workout videos and you're like, mm, man, that's crazy. Huh. I, I mean, I thought I was in shape. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, I am not. I saw him at the gym one time and he was doing like some bizarre shoulder workout with like 30 pound dumbbells. I'm like, ah, 30 pounds. I'm going to wait till he leaves. I'm going to do that exact same movement he's doing. I almost threw out my shoulder the first time. <laughs> nice you know but uh nice yeah i that, like I, I was watching i would watch wrestlemania with my cousins and for a while they were kind of like meh you know the endings were kind of like well you know bring out the undertaker you know right. and then that was the end of it and then uh, i think it was like two years ago i had the flu and i watched it on the on the wwe channel thing on my roku the network yeah <laughs> and uh when the guy came out with his money in the bank briefcase i love that like what a great ending! Like I, I was, I was actually sitting on the edge of my bed. Like, what are you kidding? Like, right. you didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Did you see that coming? Like, uh, nobody saw that coming. That was yeah. Awesome. I like when they do that. Uh, that's some good writing. Like, that's what that is. Well, I think they need more uh, 
comics who are wrestling fans as writers because I think now they they have like I don't know Hollywood writers who are just they're not even wrestling fans I don't think but they're you know maybe wrote a sitcom or something uh-huh. so it's not uh, I I don't really like like uh, but I'm an old school guy so I like like staying in the Undertaker and uh-huh. I don't really uh, watch as much as I used to. Well, like you know, it, it's fun to follow peripherally. I, I don't think I could spend every Saturday or how, whenever it's on anymore. You know, like just watching like Raw and and just every week. And even though it's on, what's it on like three times a week now? It's on a lot, and then you know, I'm just not into the John Cena, you know, Wigger character anymore. <laughs> you know. He did make a good video the other day, though, for the like about all the the stuff that's happening. Uh, oh, about the shootings. Yeah. Yeah, but do you really want the guy who plays you like a wigger, you know, <laughs> to like be talking out about police violence? But yeah. maybe you do. I don't. What the fuck do I know? That's true. He's kind of enough with the jorts with that guy. Like, yeah, come the, on. You got the, you know the, I think he wrestles in sneakers and like, he's a great. I'll give him this. He is. He does put in an effort. I. I do like watching his matches because he tries. Like he doesn't phone it in, right? Uh, but yeah, it's the the jorts, it's the uh, you know the you know all American you know yo yo yo. But hey, you know. yeah, yeah, it 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 is is a little much. Give me the Ultimate Warrior. Oh yeah, yo, eighties wrestling was the shit. It was because you had no internet. Yeah, you had to watch on Saturday mornings. But like, you know, if someone, you know, I've said this a lot, you know, before, like if someone was billed like Kamala from as being from Uganda, you thought he was from Uganda. Yeah. Instead, you know, now you can Wikipedia Kamala and, you know, he's from South Carolina. And really? his name is Jim. Oh. Uh, so, by the way, go to KamalaSpeaks.com. Pick up Kamala's book. He'll autograph it for you. That's cool. And uh, twenty dollars, and it all goes towards his diabetes medicine. Oh, he's got no legs now. Oh no. Yeah, it's brutal. These huh. wrestlers, man. That'd be a fun match, though. It's a cold business. Well, I think they should put him in a ladder match with Lex Luger, who's <laughs> currently in a wheelchair. Uh, I'm sure they'll induct him into the Hall of Fame together and make them uh, try and get up to the podium on their own. Yo, the the best thing I ever saw was when they put Hacksaw, Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the Hall of Fame, and the picture was he he's wearing like the like a tuxedo, and then he also they also put the tuxedo tie on the on the wood. It's, it was the best. It, like I laughed for like an hour when I saw that. He came to the comedy store one night with Piper, you mm-hmm. know, who was like a friend of the comedy store. He was awesome, uh, and uh, I'm like, hey man, I. Dude, I don't mean to make you do this. I'm sure you're sick of people asking you, but can you just give me one? Oh, and he's like, sure, man. And he's like, oh, <laughs> like I can only imagine how many times he gets asked to do that or Ric Flair gets asked to go, hey, Mr. Flair, can you just go, woo? Oh, yeah. Uh, but that was like surreal because Piper would bring these guys up to the store, like Sergeant Slaughter. What? And uh, I remember one night, it was kind of a dead night up there. And, Piper and Slaughter were in the crowd and someone said, Earl, do your uh, Ric Flair impression for them. So I did like this little thing. And uh, Sergeant Slaughter's giving me the we're not worthy sign. I'm oh, like, that's awesome. You know, as much as I want to be on TV as a comic and all that stuff, you know, to have Sergeant Slaughter, like 
give you the thumbs up. Didn't suck. Wow. So, uh, but uh, rest in peace, Piper. Yeah. Been on this couch, so. Really? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, got, you know, they had me co-host this podcast like the last uh, four or five months because, uh, you know, he would lose his place at times. And, sure. You know, I, they knew I was a wrestling fan, so I'd kind of rein him back in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was, he was good to me. I still miss him. Been about a year since he died. Yeah. It's crazy. But I know Philly's an ECW. Uh, Philly's a big ECW. Which uh, I, I was a big uh, fan of the Sandman. Oh. Who uh, you know would come out to Metallica's inner Sandman and have the cargo pants filled with beers. And <laughs> no one wanted to wrestle him because by the time he got to the ring, he'd literally have had six, seven beers, like shotgunning them in under, you know, That's five minutes. <laughs> right. So, you know, that shit still, it might be fake. If you Fake's probably the wrong word, but it might be uh, scripted. But uh, that shit still hurts. Uh, yeah. After six beers, yeah. 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 So he's not, and you know, his thing was hitting you over the head with a kendo stick, which is a very thick wooden stick. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, people wouldn't want to wrestle him because he's like, hey, he's dangerous, man. Right. He's fucking... Hitting, you're supposed to like hit him on the side of the head or maybe on the top of the shoulders. Sure. He'd fucking hit him right in the middle of the forehead, man. Oh. That's where all your uh, nerves are. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, ECW was great. You yeah. Know? It, that that was, I, I, we're definitely known for just doing our, Philly's known for doing their own thing. And I think ECW definitely falls under that well, i don't think you could have ecw i could have had it in start anywhere else other than the ballroom in philadelphia like it was just it was the perfect time it was the right city the right venue and it was very much like the roast battle in the belly room like i mm-hmm. always tell people this is like ecw of, of comedy you know it's tight it's compact yeah it's, i don't want to say it's oversold but it's just it's, <laughs> it's 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 up there and uh, you just feed off the energy. And, uh, you know, like I saw an ECW show out here once. They, I don't know whose idea this was to bring it out, and it just didn't work. Really? Yeah, it just wasn't the same. It was at the Olympic Auditorium, uh-huh. I think, and uh, it just didn't work. You know, just... huh. But then you had a, a copycat company called XPW, which was owned by a porn guy. And... Uh, he was trying to just rip off ECW, but they had no budget. Like ECW had no budget. XPW had even less. Wow. So their stunts would go horribly wrong. Oh. Guys would get legit hurt. Uh, you know, <laughs> just like the good old days. Wow. Yeah. That's, well, you can't, I, I, I was watching the Bill Simmons show this week and he was talking about how like everything's so safe now. And that's kind of why UFC is so popular because people do want to see people get fucked up. And that's where that's where you can go to see it now. You used to be able to see it in wrestling. Now it's a little less so because, you know, you, you want guys to be able to continue to live their lives, you know? Yeah, I mean, going to those uh, XPW shows, you know, you'd be sitting next to the guy's wife in the crowd because they were done uh, like high school gyms, but they were completely sold out. But, right. like, you'd be sitting with the person's significant other and uh, – you know, it was like you really saw how other, uh, you know, like we talked about Pat's wife being in the crowd. For right, right. The miscarriage jokes on the roast battle. I, I was sitting next to this guy's wife who uh, 
he did two stunts that did hor- went horribly wrong. And uh, you could just she's crying. She's like, oh, my God. Uh, you know, so uh, if you have a significant other that you really care about, don't get into a wrestling or roast battle. <laughs> yeah, roast battle will blow you up. Oh, yeah, it's it's brutal. I mean, you know, I, I think Olivia, who when I battled her, she had a couple – she had one joke about my parents dying two months apart, and it was funny. So you got, you know, I joke about her. Uh, she got sexually assaulted. Uh, you know, uh, so I had a three tiered rape joke. I did because uh, I had it mapped out. I, the first part gets a laugh. I'm going to continue. If it doesn't, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop there. Right. First part got a pretty big laugh. So I'm like, all right, I'll do the second part. If it gets a laugh, I'm going to finish it, and I finished it. So uh, yeah, it's brutal, but. What is next for you, Nicole, in the world of stand-up? Where uh, can people... You go back to Philly. Uh, yeah, I'm going back to Philly on Sunday morning. Now, this podcast will air Monday. Okay. So by the time So I will already people, be at work crying. You will be... Uh, <laughs> this will... Uh, you will already be in Philadelphia when this podcast airs. Yes. Um, so I have a... Um, I'm actually doing a storytelling show at the Good Good Comedy Theater. Um, it's called Schooled. And where is that? Uh, it is on uh, Delancey Street at the Plays and Players Theater. And when is that? When is it? Oh, uh, it is, um, I want to say, the 27th of July. Okay, well, that happens to be the first night of Roast Battle. So There you go. If you're in Philly, check out that show. If you're in Montreal, and I know i got yeah. some Canadian listeners, it's a... It's an elimination tournament. Well, you know, they're not going to Expos games, so, you know. No, they're, uh, and Moses, thank God, looks like P.K. Subban, so <laughs> uh, I've got an edge uh, in that regard, because we've talked about Philly and Boston having interesting views on uh, racism. Uh, Montreal's not exactly known for their love of the uh, African-American race. Are they, are they like crazy racist out there? Well, I mean, I know that uh, Wayne... cheese eating fucks. Yeah, the poontines. They eat those poontinies or whatever they're <laughs> called. I know, uh, speaking of Philadelphia, Wayne Simmons, yes. who uh, used to be an L.A. King. We traded him to uh, Philly with uh, Braden Shin to get the great Mike Richards. Who, uh, uh, enjoy Richie. Uh, we did <laughs> until he started to enjoy Oxycontin. Yeah, and then well. we had to ship him off to uh, Washington. It's cold business. Help a team win two Stanley Cups, get caught at the border with Oxy. You're out. And he still made the playoffs this year. Yeah, he's, I mean, I've never... <laughs> uh, the, the most ironic thing is they broke apart uh, Mike Richards and Jeff Carter in Philly because right. they were partying too much. Right. A year later... They both end up in L.A. partying in, like, you know, Hermosa, Redondo Beach, which I, I'm sure the Philly party scene's cool, but it ain't Redondo Beach. I mean, that's where, like, every hot girl in the universe lives. <laughs> so I can only imagine what they were doing off ice. Uh, yeah, those guys, they're they're beasts, those dudes. Uh, there's, they were, I know that they used to blow it up down in Old City, which is, like, you know, do douchebag central basically right. you know and and if you're if you're looking to like get fucked up fuck and just have a really crazy time you can do that in old city and they were like the mayors of old city oh yeah i mean hockey players uh 
you know, they're not nearly as known as, say, like Allen Iverson or like others, you know, NFL or NBA players, but they, amongst the people who do dig hockey, they're gods. Yeah. I mean, uh, which is why I think a lot of players like playing out here is because uh, even though we've won two Stanley Cups in the last, I think, four or five years, it's it's not necessarily a hockey city. So a guy like Mike right. Richards could play. When, I mean, the Kings have a great team, so uh, you could, you know, get the best of both worlds. Like, you could be on a great team, but you can have your anonymity. Right. Uh, but when you go, uh, there used to be a bar called Harry O's in uh, Manhattan Beach. Where all the players from both teams would go there, and it was just unbelievable. You, the players could do anything they wanted. Like, girls, guys would fuck them if they uh, floated that way. <laughs> so. Wow. Uh, but Montreal is... Uh, Wayne Simmons was on a breakaway once and someone threw, I think, a banana. Oh, yeah. That was in Montreal. I forgot about that. Uh, from the crowd, which is weird because you'd think, well, P.K. Subban was your best player. Now he's in Nashville. Right. Uh, but at that point, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, and then uh, I think probably my favorite racist hockey story is I think P.K. Subban, while he was with the Canadians, scored an overtime goal to beat the Bruins. So, of course, uh, not every, but a lot of Bruin fans took to Twitter and said, I can't believe we got beat by a... Right. Failing to realize that PK's brother, Malcolm, is a goaltender in the Boston Bruins organization. <laughs> They're not that bright in Boston, you know. Well, racism, uh, racists are idiots. Right. Which was the the... Start of my character in Roast Battle was known as the house racist. Uh, which was basically, you know, I wasn't really making fun of black people. I was making, f the fun goal of. was making fun of white people for how right. stupid we can be. Right. But uh, a lot of people didn't get that uh, part of the storyline. But you know. Well, again, some people are idiots. So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I, I would always amaze me when people would get upset at my character. Uh, you know, now I'm just a house hater. But like, you know, it's like, do you really think, a show that's run by a black dude is going to have a racist on the show. Like you can't be that stupid. Right. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, well, they can be that stupid. They can. <laughs> they so. can. But, uh, yeah, um, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, I'm going to get back to hockey. Um, please. I love, I love talking hockey. We just lost every viewer, but I I'll talk hockey. <laughs> I love hockey. Um, and I'm super pumped about the flyers. Um, not, not, I mean, I'm sad that Ed Snyder's dead. Um, did a lot for that team and the city, a lot, so much for Philly. He run, he, he, in the last, I think 10 years, he created this inner city hockey league. So there were like kids do, you know, hockey is an expensive sport. You might play roller hockey maybe, but like, if you come from where I come from, you don't play ice hockey. It is too, too expensive. You, like your parents don't have all that time to like, at fucking four o'clock in the morning to take you to the rink or whatever. He started a whole league where all of these kids like are able to play. I mean, straight up hockey and you can only play if your grades are good. Right. If the grades suck. You cannot play, but you, but it's a free, but it's basically free and it's awesome. Um, my friend's kid plays. He loves it. He's done all kinds of shit for the city. He's a good guy. But what I'm excited about is, is Hextall's back. I mean, Hextall was always my dude. They took him from the Kings. Took him from the Kings. But we took him from Philly. Well. Originally. Yeah, kind of. Uh, 
what's great is that he really cut his teeth as far as like managing, getting like getting in there with personnel, you know, built your Stanley Cup team. I mean, you know, and now he's he's back and his past two drafts have been fucking awesome. And we, like we had no prospects like our our minors just look like, you know, like your junior high hockey team, you know, and uh, amazing, amazing picks. Good stuff. Go spare. Hi. And Morin, yeah. the big, tall defenseman. I mean, mm-hmm. he learned under Dean Lombardi, who I think we got from Philly. I think he was a uh, I think he was the assistant GM uh, yeah, to Bobby know. Clark or uh, he, he I mean, uh, if it wasn't for Philly, the Kings don't win the Cubs because, you know, we got Mike Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, indirectly, we got, I mean, we got Jeff Carter from Columbus, but like he was. Uh, it was a roundabout Philly kind of um, way. And then, you know, we had Lombardi and uh, Hextall. Uh, and I think Hextall learned from Lombardi because, you know, people forget, I think around uh, maybe 2007, 2008, the Kings had the same deal. No prospects. They had nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a few prospects, you know couple but it was pretty bone dry the, right. the cupboard board and uh you know you you start with jonathan quick draft drew dowdy yeah draft anze kopitar uh and so you you start from the back end goalie defenseman the center and then you stockpile draft picks and you know it's because of that you could make the trade for mike richards i mean it sucked losing Braden shin and wayne simmons but it got us the player who won us two cups and then uh, all the other draft picks, you know, we traded Jack Johnson to Columbus to get Carter, uh, you know. But on the flip side, you know, it's a risky, it's like poker. You know, the last two big trades the Kings have done at the deadline the last two years have not worked out. But that's that's always a dice roll. But you win two cups, so it's, yeah. Uh, you know, we traded Martin Jones, a first-round pick, basically two first round picks and Martin Jones to uh, Boston for Milan Lucic. And, uh, you know, he played good, but he just signed with Edmonton. So it's like we gave up three young studs. Yo, what do you think about the uh, Shea Weber, uh, PK Subban trade? I mean, it's, uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense from uh, Montreal's standpoint. I mean, it's clear that Weber uh, or um, Subban didn't get along with Therian. Right. It's crazy that they would pick Therian over Subban. I mean, Weber's uh, four years older. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he'll be. I mean, this year it's a pretty even trade. I mean, his contract was huge. Ten years. When they get because the Flyers were in that race to sign him. They're the reason he got that deal. Huh? They're yeah. the reason because right. they. I think they sent him to an offer sheet, mm-hmm. and uh, Nashville matched. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was two years ago. So now uh, the Canadians have him for 10 years. But the thing about Nashville is they gave him, I was reading somewhere, his contract is more than they get from their season ticket holders. <laughs> like that team is just, I don't know what's holding that team up. Well, I think they do quite well. I mean, it's a rabid fan. You know, it's kind of like L.A. where it's like you wouldn't think Nashville's a hockey town, but it's... uh Barry Trotz was a great coach, and Laviolette is is, is carrying the tradition. Uh, they probably got the best defense in the league. I mean, they have uh, Yossi, uh, now Subban, uh, a couple others. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You know, so I mean, this year it's probably an even trade, but Weber each year he's going to lose a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Montreal's tough. I mean, you ba- you basically traded the most popular player for a guy who probably speaks no French. Wow. <laughs> I got I got theories on the French, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, and you know, Montreal, it's like, you know, it's very tough for. Uh, English-speaking players to be like stars of the team. I mean, I know uh, Pacioretty's had uh, problems, uh, and he's the captain. Right. So what do you think of it? Can I take a drink of your water? Yeah, sure. Here you go. I'm not sick. Thank you. What what are your thoughts on the trade? Don't rub your your dick all over my water bottle. Come on. What am I? uh, I mean, obviously, it was a trade to get rid of him. You know, uh... I, I agree with the whole like why they would why they would pick you know what's his face over 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 Subban makes no sense to me, um, but I you know I think I think I think that Nashville got over on mm-hmm. Montreal because I don't really get why they would trade him. I mean, it makes. I think mm-hmm. that either either he either there's he's well he's getting older, maybe he's starting to fray at the edges. And they're like, well, you know, he's not playing as well. He's not going to be playing as well. Like you said, he's older. Uh, not by my, you know, four years older doesn't seem like a lot. No, but in, in hockey, hockey, that world, is a huge thing. Especially with uh, Weber's style, which is a lot more physical than Subban. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe Montreal was looking for, a, you know, a little a little more physicalness to, to spark the team. They got it. I mean, and they got Andrew Shaw from uh, Chicago. So I think they're trying to... Uh, change the culture of, uh, you know, uh, or the style, mm. you know, being a little more harder to play against. Um, Which, I mean, it's not like Subban was a pussy, but he's, right. you know, he's kind of a bit of a dirtier guy. But Yeah, oh, he's definitely a dirty player, absolutely. Uh, uh, but Weber's more uh, like, I'm going to hit you and run you through the fucking boards. Yeah. Subban's yeah. like, I'm going to slash you. Well, should, what should be interesting is what happens with the expansion draft for Vegas. And that's a lot of uh, maneuvering. I mean, I haven't followed what Philly's doing, but I know the Kings are, uh, you know, signed, I think, uh, first day of free agency, like four or five, you know, mid-level free agents that can probably be exposed for next year. Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, Vegas is going to be pretty good off the bat because I think they changed the rules where you can only protect, I think it's either nine or ten guys. So, uh, yeah. And, and it's, it, you, you, there's two different variations of like yeah. what kind of you guys have pay, you, you have can, to protect one goalie. Yeah. And I think it's either then 3d and, uh, five forwards or, uh, you have to protect a certain amount of both, but right. you know, if it goes 3d five forwards, it's, you know, your team's number four defenseman is, is usually pretty good. Like in the Kings case, it's Alex Alec Martinez. He could be a, a number two or three on a lot of teams. So Vegas will get a lot of players who, if given playing time, could be. You should know, be like, interesting. I wonder what they're going to call them. We were joking around that. Uh, I hope they call them the craps. Yeah, it would be <laughs> an interesting logo. The craps uh, take the craps take the ice. I mean, I know uh, the Wranglers are the uh, ECHL team, and they do quite well for. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, your minor league hockey team. So, well, people, what people keep forgetting is that uh, it, 
You're all right there. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what people keep forgetting is that like Vegas is a city. People live there. Like they, they and they don't work at the casinos. Like they actually have job, regular jobs. They have families. There's that whole Henderson, you know, outskirt suburban area. Like there, there's there's a need for professional sports when you when you're actually turning into a viable town. I think their concern is that they're all transplants. Uh, like no one's from Vegas, right? Uh, so it's it's like the old joke uh, about Florida and hockey. Like no one went to the Panther games for a while. And by the way, they're a dark horse to do. I mean, they're great now. Mm. Uh, great ownership and I like the New Jerseys. Yeah, and they're signing all these great young players to. Lo- they're doing what the Kings did a couple of years ago. Is they're locking up all their good players for long term deals. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like. Uh, there's a lot. Of, I think the theory was, well, there's a lot of Canadians in Florida, so f- hockey should do well. But then when no one was coming to the games, it'd be like, oh, these are all the Canadians who don't like hockey. <laughs> so uh, I think that's the fear in Vegas is, you know, there might be a lot of Montreal people from Quebec, Vancouver, Edmonton there. But Well, there's a lot of East Coast people that live in Vegas, too. Right. That, so they'll come out to see the Flyers and the Bruins and – you know, I, I think it's really all just all in your marketing, like just find, you know, people who are interested. But the guy sold, I think, all of his season ticket. He, he did a thing to prove to the to the league that there was interest for season right. tickets. And he sold all of his season tickets, like all of the deposits, all of them. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a, it, I think the crowds will be weird because I think a lot of uh, the tickets sold will be casino giveaways, just the high rollers and VIPs and. So you'll not get necessarily people invested in the outcome of the game. Like, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, it could be like when the Red Wings play in uh, L.A., half the crowd's Red Wing fans, you know, people who moved out here from Detroit. Mm. Um, so it, it's like weird, like when the Red Wings score, you'll, you'll almost feel not quite, but almost feel like you're at a Red Wing home game. I, uh, I, I used to have this thing called hockey streams. Uh, that I ran through my Roku box, it got shut down. But basically, you just uh, you you gave them like I think it was like one hundred and ten dollars, and I was able to watch every game, every feed. Hockey night in Canada is like the best thing in the whole world. Don Cherry, Ron McLean. Oh, so good. And uh, and so when I would come home late from shows, I would watch the West Coast games, and it seemed like in L.A., like people weren't really kind of into anything. Well, I mean, like, well, the Kings, uh, you know, they have a, I always explain the King fan base, like Motorhead, the band Motorhead, mm-hmm. like they're small, but mighty. And oh, fair enough. Like King fans are as knowledgeable as Montreal fans, the, the ones that are really into it. But uh, and now it's a little different because they've won two cups uh, recently and, and like the Lakers suck. Uh, 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 can I can I can we talk about how delighted I am that the Lakers suck? It's tough because I grew up in their prime, so like. Oh yeah, Showtime Lakers were amazing. You know, I grew up like Bob McAdoo and Magic. You know, obviously Magic and mm-hmm. Jamal Wilkes and Kareem and Kareem. Uh, you know, and now it's just like the, it's the most inept organization. Uh, I mean, Jerry Buss has to be going. <laughs> you know, what is my kid doing? G- more Jim Buss than Genie. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, it's, I mean, now they're, you know, I think they could turn it around. They got a good coach in Luke Walton. Uh-huh. They had the number two pick this year. That kid's going to be good. Ingram, 
uh, not Rick Ingram, the comic, but uh, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I think the number three pick from last year from uh, Russell. God bless you. Thank and uh, so it's uh, it's a weird t- it's weird to see the Lakers rebuilding like. No one wants to play here. No free agents want to play here right now. Oh, well, I mean, welcome to Sixers land. But, I mean, you, you know. get it with the Sixers. They've yeah. been so shitty for, I mean. For so long. You know, Andrew Bynum. And, but it's even weird for me to see the Sixers back because I grew up with them having, you know, Moses Malone mm-hmm. and, you Dr. know. Dr. J. Dr. J, Maurice Cheeks, uh, George, not God, he was a dirty player. George something. uh <laughs> Right about George, not George, not George Lucas, George McGinnis, I think. Um, so it's weird to see all these great teams from, you know, it's like I'm a big Steeler fan. What? I love the Steelers. Come on. Loved I, but my dad was best friends <laughs> with the owner. So and, oh, and I that's, so as a kid, I, I just, you know, would get. But, but you're from here. From L.A., biggest Steeler fan in the world. Big hockey fan, which makes no sense because hockey in L.A. in the 70s and early 80s was like, you know, there were maybe five games on a year. So, But uh, shouldn't you have been like a like a Raiders or a Rams fan? Hated the Raiders. Uh, maybe a marginal Rams fan, but uh, my, my heart's always been with the Steelers. So what, so what are your thoughts on uh, the Rams coming back? I find it weird that the only mention I've seen of the Rams is a fucking Carl's Jr. commercial. You would think that they would be swinging from the light posts, like yeah. the Rams are back, and nothing. <laughs> well, you think at least Jared Goff would be, uh, you know, have a billboard or something up? I mm-hmm. mean, I think the problem is, uh, you know, they don't really have a lot of marquee players. You know, it's not like you can, you know, throw out a Mar- Mar- uh, Marshall Falk or, a, right. you know, uh, like you look at the Steelers, like you know, if, if the Steelers ever relocated. Say the Steelers came to LA. Right, right. Would never happen. But it'd like, be like Big Ben everywhere. Roethlisberger, right. Antonio Brown, uh, Palomalu would probably right. even be in billboards, even though he's not on the team anymore. You'd you'd have James Harrison doing you know fucking Jiffy Lube commercials. <laughs> right. Um, well, see, here's the thing uh, that's sad is that like they're really like the ownership, you know. F- f- what right when they when they decided they were coming, you know, they were like the Rams in L.A. and the Rams in L.A. And then and then there was some L.A. Times articles where people were kind of excited about it. But like after like the third game, when you guys realize that the Rams suck. Oh, yeah, it's going to be brutal. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be bad. I don't know why they didn't go back to like the, the blue and gold, like the actual like the yellow. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing in L.A. It's just there's just too many entertainment options, you know, and. And, uh, you know, you look at, I mean, we're the only team, uh, I think, in the, you know, we have two fucking NBA teams. You play in the same goddamn building. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, crazy. Like, you have uh, two, you have two basketball teams. You two have basketball teams, uh, two, two baseball teams, two basically. baseball teams. And if you want to count the Padres as like a hop, skip and a jump down the freeway, if you, right. you know, so that's. You know, you've got two hockey teams and not that you can count San Jose as a third team, but like. There's you know, a there's a uh, an AHL team now in Ontario. Yeah, which is a great uh, if you're into minor league hockey. Uh, you know, Kings or Ducks have you know outpriced the common fan. Yeah, the arena in Ontario is amazing. Is and, it really? And the rain or uh, you know, you know the Kings. 
they know how to, they they are one of the best run hockey organizations because their minor league team is great. Um, they lost in the I think the conference finals, but um, you know, so it's very affordable hockey. I mean, you won't probably know who any of the players are, but you'll see the future kings. Um, yeah, well, I love minor league hockey. They they just moved the the Phantoms used to play in the Spectrum in the in the in the same building that the Flyers played in. Like they played in the same building for a little while. And this, when they were building the, well, I don't even know what they used to call it, but it's the Wells Fargo Center right. now. It's had like a thousand. I think it was names. the Comcast Center. I think it might have been. Um, and uh, and then the and then when they were knocking down the spectrum, they were like, oh well, we don't want to put them in the Wells Fargo Center because it's it's too big for them. So they moved them. They moved up to like Adirondacks. But yeah. now they're in Lee Valley, right? Yeah, they're in Lehigh Valley now, Lehigh Valley. which is like Allentown. They're in Allentown, and. It's a it's the PPL center and it's I haven't been there but it's like super nice and like I mean it's big like Fleetwood Mac played there you know and they you know the Eagles played there um, Aerosmith just played there when they were last time they rolled through town so um it's a big it's a big thing but what's crazy about Allentown is that like uh they're they, uh, they roll up the sidewalks at like six thirty I mean like the town like shuts down right. Um, there's a Allentown Brew Works, like kind of in the middle of the downtown area. And they used to do a show, a Tickle Me Tuesday show, uh, on the second floor. And a friend of mine had done it the week before I did. And he's like, listen, uh, have you ever been to Allentown? And I was like, no, it's about, it's about an hour and 20 minutes from Philly. So, uh, he's like, I'm like, no, what, why? And he's like, listen, uh, you're going to park in a parking garage on the corner and you're going to not see any cars in this parking garage. And you're going to walk through the parking garage. You're not going to see anybody. And you're going to come out onto the street. You're not going to see anybody and you're going to walk around. You're not going to see anybody and don't let it freak you out. And I was like, okay, I've walked down like empty streets before. It's not a big deal. It's like, did you ever see that movie 28 days later? Yes. <laughs> it's like that. Like there's no homeless dudes. There's, there's no like kids looking to break into cars. There's no nothing. It's nothing like nothing. Right. <laughs> it's, it's freaky. And then they were just building the the uh the stadium. So, so the team should do well. It it seems to be doing well. Well, there's a young black player on the team. Uh he's like the fighter. Uh Ty, I think it's Tyler uh Goldborn. I might be mispronouncing his name. He's going to be a fan favorite. He might get to the Flyers eventually. He's you know the days of the uh enforcer sadly are uh you know, it's you got to kind of He's pretty good player, but like to get to the NHL now, you, you just can't be a fighter. But he's he'll be a fan favorite. Uh, nice. So uh, t t take a look out for him. And uh, I believe you have a show to get to. Hey, what time is it? It's well, I mean, it's uh, eight o'clock, uh, eight ish. Oh yeah. So where um, where so you got a show on the twenty seventh. Uh yeah. Um I have a website people could just Oh please, at. yeah. Yeah, let's... so it's just yatcomedy.com. Wait, spell it for my it's ww dot Y A T E S Y comedy dot com. And on Twitter, where are you? Uh Yatesy seventy five. Spell it for my fans. Y A That's the, <laughs> y -A that's the at, <laughs> at Y A T E S Y seven five. And uh, you can check out uh, Did You Eat uh, on Instagram, D-I-D-J-A underscore E-A-T, or just Google Did You Eat. And that's a food blog podcast. And do you do the Facebook thing? I do do the Facebook thing. But is that more for personal use or do you care if people can? I don't care. That's fine. And then, oh, are, now, I'm assuming there's a lot of Nicole Yates. Uh, not really. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And how do you spell Nicole for the fans? You know, because there's the H, <laughs> right? N I C O L E. Yates. Y- Just go on my uh, my Facebook page and uh, look up Nicole's name there. It's easier. Right. And uh, Nicole's a uh, good peeps. You're gonna hear a lot of things from her in the world of comedy, and she might even get into the roast battle ring one day. Maybe. Maybe. And uh, you know. She's very funny, very cool person, so become a fan of hers. This has been another episode of Inappropriate Earl. This will air July 11th, so, uh, you know, by the time Nicole said she'll be in Philly Monday, she'll be there. We don't fuck around at Inappropriate Earl. Nope. So SoundCloud and iTunes, rate and review us, and uh, you can thank me for breaking the news of John Jones off the UFC 200 card. Breaking news. John Jones replacement has been named. Fighting Daniel Cormier at UFC 200 will be the spider Anderson Silva. So that's that's a gimme fight for Cormier. So it's uh, UFC is being run more and more like pro wrestling every day now. By the way, I think they've had one UFC event at Philly. And the crowd was so fucking nuts. I don't think they'll ever go back there again. We like blood. Yeah, apparently the <laughs> Rogan was telling me uh, there's like fights in the crowd. Is like, like, yeah, you know, he didn't say they weren't going to do it there, but I could just tell. I was like, uh, if you went to UFC in Philly, I hope you cherish the moment because <laughs> I don't think there's going to be another one. We like the blood. And uh, my prediction for Saturday: Mark Hunt, the Super Samoan, will beat Brock Lesnar. But by the time that prediction happens, uh, be over for two days so uh leave a review on itunes spread the word 